Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Bing bong, bing bing bong. Certainly is, certainly is. <laughs> Hello, welcome. It's Suggestible Time. I am Claire Twenty. James is here also. He's, Hello. His name is James Clement. We That's are right. married. We refused to take each other's names when we got married. <laughs> it was In- a standoff. We stood at the altar and we glared at each other, <laughs> hoping the other one would fold, but nobody did. In actual fact, I suggested we blend our names together and you said, do whatever you want, but I'm not changing my name and yep. I felt the exact same. Yep. So everyone did That makes sense. I mean, what, if you don't want to change your name. It's weird. You, you, know, you know the thing that annoys me though now in hindsight is that yeah. our kids – don't have my surname. That's true. And that really bothers me. Mm. Like it bothers me a lot and it's bothering me more as the years go by. Well, why don't you change them? Because that's confusing. You don't want to change kids' surnames. Now, what you want to do, you want to change it every year <laughs> up until you die. <laughs> Good. That, that, that's the guessing. way to, yeah, mm. correct. That's all I want to do in my parenting, keep everyone guessing. I think it's worth noting up top that at this show, Suggestible, where we suggest things every week. To watch, read and listen to. Correct. We, we're going to cover Sex in the City, the new series, and just like that in this particular podcast feed. And the first episode is available where we talk about episodes one and two. We have, however, mm-hmm. moved that over to its own podcast feed. Correct. It's called Suggestible in the City. And we, and the City. And James. the City. It's called And the City. If you just type and in, the City. If you just type in Suggestible <laughs> into your podcast feed, it looks like this logo except it's pink. It's bright, bright pink. Yeah. yeah. So we're just making that a, a, a separate thing in, for however many episodes it runs for. And if it comes back for season two, we'll, we'll do it again. We, have, we, have, we had a heck of a time over We it. had a heck of a time. I got some great city. emails from people yeah. too who had many feelings, as everyone seems mm. to be having for good or bad. Everyone mm. has many feelings about this show, it which was, I feel like the, It was the biggest HBO thing. Max debut ever, I believe. Wow. We'll talk about it. Tomorrow, I guess, when this when it goes out. Correct. Yeah, I'm when the new so episode goes. So yeah, if you are keen to follow along, please do so. Absolutely. And I also have a have a little written review that I'm gonna be sending out oh tomorrow goodness. for Tom's. My, oh my newsletter. Goodness. I know. So if you feel like reading, not listening, and then just extending the experience and reading some words that I've written about I it, think of, I do think that because <laughs> I just had so many feelings about it. But I will save them all for the podcast, please. So yes, that's suggestible and the city yep. in an Apple, and uh, we're going to talk about other things now. Absolutely. I don't do you know. Wanna, can't do, even. Do you want to? Do you want to kick it off? Do you want to tell us what's going on in the world? I certainly will. And by that, I mean avoid all talk of politics. Oh, my and God. And any kind of current events slash climate change disasters. Can you even do that in 2020? I don't know. Exactly correct. And I'm just going to jump straight into a lovely BBC miniseries called Us. Oh, yeah. So I would really recommend this. I just wanted to watch something kind of cosy. And when I want to watch something cosy, I always go British. Don't know what that is about, but that's mm. what I do. And this one. The British are known for their warmth. <laughs> <laughs> I 
know. It's so got them. Got I every love, single one of them. I love the humour. I think their sense of humour is very similar to Australian I think so sensibility too, yeah. in a lot of ways. Anyway, this show is based on the book by the same title and was adapted by the author of the book, David Nichols. Okay. Yeah. Now, the drama follows Douglas Peterson played wonderfully, neurotically and grumpily and just like dad joke-esque by the wonderful, kind-hearted Tom Hollander. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tom Holland. This is a different Tom Holland. It is. Tom Hollander. You might remember him. He is in About Time. He's kind of like the drunken Oh, yeah, he's the playwright guy. Yeah, Yeah. and he's so funny and sarcastic. And in this, he plays a guy who is very set in his ways. He's a scientist. He's got a very logical mind. Mm-hmm. He's He reminds me a lot of you <laughs> in some ways. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> not I'm that not you're smart. a scientist. But just that he likes things the way he likes them and he, like, doesn't really get art and he doesn't really get, what? you know. <laughs> I get art. I look at a painting. I'm like, I get it. It's a building or I whatever. Mean, like, visual art. I don't know. He's just, he likes what he likes. He doesn't like to change up a lot of things. Anyway, he's married um, and his wife, Connie, is played beautifully by Saskia Reeves. Mm-hmm. Now, they're both kind of in their 50s. Wakes up one morning and says to him, I want a divorce, basically. <sighs> but not in a way that's aggressive or it's not kind of like the breakdown of a marriage. It's just that she's kind of an artist and quite a free spirit, it appears. And she just feels like she's a bit sick of him and she loves him, but she's like, I can't do, our son's about to go to college. I just can't do the rest of my life with you, mate. Like I love you, but you're grumpy and you just like don't understand our son and you don't really understand me and thank you and I'm sorry. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, but it's just, it's sort of weirdly heartwarming. Sounds like a look into my future. Am I bloody right, everybody? (laughs) It actually does a really good, um, yeah, a sort of device of jumping back in time to when they first met and why they met each other. And the young Douglas is played by Ian DeCastecker and um, Connie is played, his wife is played by Gina Bramhill. And it's kind of how they meet and marry and he's this kind of scientist, very steady kind of guy who's deep into research and she's kind of this artist living in a kind of bohemian life and taking a lot of pills and just like being kind of loose and dating the wrong men and and it sort of you can see how they kind of fall in love and they are good for each other. Right, right, um, okay. And then it follows the, and this is a little spoiler, the traumatic loss of their baby daughter uh, um, okay. very early in their marriage and the fallout of that and how that plays out. Mm. Uh, so that's a really beautiful device and then it jumps back in time or forward in time I should say and Connie and Douglas have decided that, well, Douglas had planned this elaborate trip through Europe Mm. with their son Albie as like a last hurrah before he goes to college. And they almost don't go and then they decide to go. And that's one of the things that's so beautiful about the show. It's escapism because it's it's set before COVID. It was even a a little glint in a hand sanitizer's eye. (sighs) And so... (laughs) And so it's just this beautiful like kind of landscape and the trains they're on and they wander through these art galleries and everyone's so free and easy and just sitting around in cafes and it's mm. just it's beautifully shot and set so it's quite escapist in that way. But also what's really interesting is the relationship between teenage Albie, who's played wonderfully by Tom Taylor, 
Um, Tom Taylor. I'm just look, I'm just looking up these names as I go. The young him is a he's from a Marvel show, Agents of Shield. Oh, there you go. Well, he yeah. he does. He's very funny. In Tom it too. Taylor, did you say? Yeah, Tom Taylor plays the, their teenage son. A comic book artist called Tom Taylor. Oh, well, there you go. Well, this yeah. guy plays it in this really beautiful way where he's clearly very sincere and artistic mm. and completely different to his dad, whereas yep. he's much more similar to his mum. So him and his mum are very close, whereas Douglas just keeps putting his foot in it and he keeps trying mm. to reach out and he just keeps stuffing it up royally and he has nothing to say to him. And, and a lot of it appears at, through the show that he doesn't come up very well as a dad in a lot of ways. He's very critical of his son. Right, he's right. very direct and no nonsense in a way, mm. I would say, and so he has not a lot of social. He doesn't get pick up on social cues yeah. very easily, <laughs> so he just offends people by just saying what he really thinks, Ooh. which is often quite funny. You can't do that but... anymore. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, but for his son, who's this sort of artistic, kind of shy, quiet sort of person, who's also a free spirit, he just doesn't get his dad at all. Yeah, and right. th- I think that's the strength of the show. Okay. Sorry, went out of the wrong pipe. Drinks too fast. I don't. I'm drinking at the right pace. No, you drink them like someone is going to steal your beverages. As I've mentioned before, no that one happens. is going to steal your beverages. That's because you've got you're the opposite. <laughs> you know what the problem with your drinking is? You're too, you're too loose with your drinks. You, you take a sip of a drink and you'll put it on top of a cupboard and you'll leave it. You walk away. Because I, I only like a little sip. I don't like little a whole sip. lot. That's why I would prefer to just try some of yours. But I can't because you. <laughs> Actually, I'm starting to come to terms. Come you know, to you know how I know that I'm, I'm living do. a comfortable lifestyle? Uh-huh. When I used to go out for like a pub meal, I'd order one drink because I had no money. Oh, is this the, the whole thing that you and Mason have of like – I'm drink-wheeled, yes. Drink-wheeled. I'm not anymore, but I used to be. And the drink – because you know what they do? They bring the drink out first and then you wait like 10, 15 minutes for your meal. The idea is you drink your drink, then the meal comes, you drink another drink. But I <laughs> would not drink the drink. I was incredibly drink-willed and I could sit on that drink. I was known for it. I was known for it throughout the land. Anyways, <laughs> That's what continue. they said. Hear you, hear you. There goes could, Sir James Clement of the drink-willed I, I could see the, the, brigade. I could see the manager being like, oh, that guy. We thought we were going to get another 350 out of him. I know. Oh, God, now drinks are like $8 back in when drinks. I got a bottle of Coke the other day, like 500 mil or whatever, 300 mil, whatever Coke is, I don't know. Five bucks. Five dollars, Claire. Yeah, what is the world coming to? Anyway, please continue. Um, oh God, what were we talking about? Oh, drink wheel. You were choking. All right, yeah. let's move on. <laughs> anyway, so I just loved it. I think it's really funny. It's heartwarming. It's also very heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and it does a really beautiful job of examining the relationships between a teenager and their parents. Also, the relationship between a man and a woman, or like a you know a couple and how the trajectory of their lives play out and also talks about things of ageing and how you what happens as you get older and that kind of realisation of being an empty nester, the kids have gone and then you're staring down the barrel of hundreds of years with the same person. Hundreds of years, my goodness. <laughs> Quick question, yes. uh, how did you find it? Was it a recommendation? Did you see it pop up? I just found it on ABC Ivy, really? which is often where I go to when I want to find things because they tend to have – the BBC stuff that I love. Do you – because I'll, I'll look at a show and if it's like 62% are on tomatoes, I'll be like, nah, or whatever, which I shouldn't do. I should just watch it. should be like, oh, yeah, this seems right up my alley. Mm. Do you look up reviews or do you just launch into it? 
Sometimes I do. This one, I saw it and thought, I'm going to give this a go. You saw who was in it and you went, oh. Yeah, and then I watched the first five minutes. I was like, I love this. And then I Googled it. And I was like, oh, good. I'm committed. And I just really, it grabbed me from the beginning. And I, it's only four episodes. Yeah, and then it's I done. just kind of gobbled it up. Yeah, and it's done. It's it's complete. So See. the book apparently is now something I want to find and is much more detailed and goes yeah, on right. for longer and delves more into their Is it story. also called Us? Correct, it is. Wow. By the same guy that wrote the TV the series. The other book that you David said. David Nichols. Anyway, that's it. What have you got Fantastic. for us? Uh, well, I've got a few things, Claire, and by that I mean I've got one thing. Uh, this is now on uh, Disney Plus Australia or the star. You know, the, you know, there's star within Disney Plus. Did you know about that? No, what's like, star? There's like a more adult section of Disney Plus. It's behind a sexy curtain. Goodness. Um, it's basically just everything that's, you know, the, just more like adult movies and stuff. Like it's not so much comic book movies and whatever. It's, pornography is what you're saying. It's, it's hardcore pornography, yes. <laughs> Disney, uh, <laughs> Mickey Mouse having sex with many people. Yeah, it's crazy that they <laughs> even put it on there. It's really weird. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But uh, anyway, this is called, uh, this is a movie uh, called The Last Duel based on the book of the same name, which is based loosely on actual events. It was directed by Ridley Scott. You might know as the director of Alien, First Alien. You might know him as the director of the movie Gladiator. You might know him as the director of that Russell Crowe Robin Hood movie, which nobody likes, including me. But he's a terrific director. He did The Martian more recently. Ah, uh, right? yes. Yeah. Anyways, it stars Matthew Damon, Jodie Cummer, Adam Driver, Benjamin Affleck. This is a stellar It's an incredible lineup. cast. My goodness. So here's what it's about. Uh, Jean, uh, I won't say his last name, he's French, he's set in France. Jean is a respected knight who is known for his bravery and skill on the battlefield. Jacques is is a squire whose intelligence and eloquence makes him one of the most admired nobles in court. Uh, So what happens is one of them, basically, Adam Driver, he uh, viciously assaults uh, Matt Damon's wife, played by Jodie Comer, who then steps forward and accuses her attacker and as an act of bravery and defiance that puts her life in jeopardy. And then Matt Damon's character basically challenges Adam Driver to a duel to the death Whoa. And then God basic that's God deciding like whether or not this thing happened or not. So oh also if Matt Damon loses, she gets burnt alive. That's the that's the story. That's how it goes. Jesus. Yeah. It's pretty terrible. So it's told from the three perspectives. It's told from Matt Damon as perspective, uh Jody Cummer's perspective and Adam Driver's perspective, right? And it basically involves like a fairly very graphic sexual assault, which I think which I they come they come back to twice, which I think is kind of it's unnecessary, you know what I mean? It's a bit kind of like, do we, do we really, really kind of need to do this? And it's interesting because it's not really about, I mean, it's not about, it seems, with Matt Damon's character. It's not about her. It's more about, like, his honour and what how, how he looks and what he's lost and, like, he's been slighted. And she's well aware of that. She's like, you've done this thing, you've challenged him, and as a result of that, if you lose, now I'm going to die because you are doing this thing and I didn't ask you to do this. And now, you know, everybody knows this is happening and whatever and you've basically, you've probably killed me, essentially. So it's not really 
about her. It's more about, in, in the eyes of these two men, it's about these two guys just being upset and in essentially like a nationwide known like pissing contest, essentially. These guys who started as friends and then over the years kind of uh, kind of all these little gripes kind of, ar- and kind of arise until, you know, until this event happens. So, look, it is told very much from like the male perspective, you know what I mean, from these two guys, but there is also that other element of it, which I think considering the movie is directed by a 80-year-old man so it's 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 amazing that that you know that he handles it at all really uh, but so the fight that they have at the end it all builds that it's like insane it's like it starts with the horses and a joust and then it's on the ground and they've got swords and then they're just trying to knife each other it's like it's brutal it's like it's very intense but i will say this like i found the ending to be and, and not to spoil it it's just very kind of it's a very satisfying conclusion and is this something you're going to watch cuz i can just spoil it right now it for totally you totally isn't okay so i could not think of anything i would want to collings watch. will put a time code below <laughs> basically matt damon wins he kills adam driver so his wife lives and then you find out which is apparently the true story he dies in battle a few years later so she just lives out the rest of her life she doesn't get married and she just lives on her estate and just kind of <laughs> and is and is happy essentially. Love that. Yeah, and maybe I will watch it now. Yeah, so I mean that's like the very, very end. But yeah, look, it's it it tanked like hard. Nobody saw it. Really, Scott famously went out and was like, "Kids are on their phones and Facebook. They're not watching movies anymore." He did this whole thing and whatever. Uh, But look, it's if you like, you know, Gladiator and kind of you know medieval epic kind of Bravehearts or whatever. You know what I mean? This this might be uh, this might be up your alley. And look, everybody in it. Because it's a fantastic no, and cast. And that's what's selling me Very on it. Very good. The yeah. cast is excellent. Yeah. I love Adam Driver and Matt Damon and Jodie Comer. She is brilliant in Killing Eve. Yeah, She's it's just, so it, it's brilliant. really, it, it's really amazing. And I'm so glad that Adam Driver is famous because he just seems like super cool and he, and, I, and he's really right. interesting. Yeah. Yes, I do too. And like, I feel like he's someone that probably wouldn't have been famous if 20 years ago. No, it's, it's interesting because. I think we're about the same age. I think he's much better right. looking and more successful. But um, he was a he went into the army after nine eleven, and then after he left, he started using. Um, well, he got into acting. He started using that with with veterans to help them cope with like PTSD. He does a lot of this other stuff like behind the scenes, and you know what I mean, and working with people in charities. And he just seems like a like a really cool guy. Yeah, well, I mean, he's excellent in Girls. He's my favourite thing about Girls. He's great. He's, like, the yeah. best thing in everything he's in, really. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I loved him in Star Wars too. He was really good in Star Wars. I like, really want to see so House of will. Gucci. Yeah, me too. Lady Gaga, but it's not out here. I know. So infuriating. Also directed by Ridley Scott, that one, actually. Oh, wow, he must love Adam Driver as much as we do. It seems like he does love Adam Driver. And you know who else is really good in this? Ben Affleck is in it. It's, it's wow. really, it's quite strange. Goodness gracious. And a, good a, old Ben Affleck yeah. who's making a comeback and he's with blonde. J-Lo. And he's blonde, which is quite odd. But uh, it's fun. She pops up in things. Okay, maybe I will watch it. I don't know. I mean, it's not fun, but, you know. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. I haven't decided. It's just, certainly it's just, not a gentle miniseries no. about a slightly lovely older couple no, breaking it's, it's down their marriage men. and talking it's, to It's awful men being awful son. to each other. Yeah, Yeah, which I just don't really have the patience for at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. The world feels like that's basically why the world's burning. It's just like men Dick swinging at each other. Oh, disagree. You know, I think everything's great. Just like destroying the universe. Anywho, so let's not talk about that. 
Let's, Yay. Let's talk about something else that I did this week. What did you watch? I went to the West Side Story premiere last night as you went to the Spider-Man premiere. I cannot talk about it. For anybody worrying, I will not be spoiling any of Spider-Man No, no Way he Home. He has even said to me that I'm not allowed to mention anything about it, mm. so I will only say that he went there at a a certain location. That is all. And that is all. That is it. Full stop. However, I am allowed to talk about this. So I saw West Side Story now. My goodness. For those who don't know, West Side Story is a night, well, it was a musical first on Broadway in the 1950s. And then it was adapted in 1961 to a musical romantic drama film directed by Robert Weiss and Jerome Robbins with a screenplay by Ernest Lehman. It's considered a absolute classic. It completely uh, is. And it was very groundbreaking at the time. And our friend Stephen Sondheim, who I went on a giant journey about last week, was um, a part of working on the the lyrics and the music, which you can very much hear in this gorgeous retelling. So anyway, so now Steven Spielberg, fast forward to 2021, has decided to remake the classic film that won all these awards. Bold move. I know. Um, Partly I think it's overdue because the film itself has some wonderful commentary and political commentary Mm. about racism and the kind of difficulties that were happening in the 1950s and 60s in New York City um, with the Latino community. And I guess West Side Story, it's it's interesting because that was there and it was groundbreaking at the time. The music is also groundbreaking. Mm. However, there's a lot of problematic elements to the original script. Yes. So with that in mind, Tony Kushner was brought in to adapt it for this particular version. Now, I think this this is interesting. I wanted to talk about the things that they've changed. Okay, yeah. So just beforehand, I'll tell you a, a very quick synopsis. Basically, West Side Story, set in New York City in the 1950s. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's really about two rival gangs, the Jets and the Sharks. Ooh. Now, the Jets come from very rough backgrounds. They're ostensibly white American young men who mm-hmm. are disenfranchised, can't get jobs, for whatever reason, and have become quite violent and angry. And they are fighting against the Puerto Ricans who are the sharks. And I think that in the original movie, it was all just about turf. Like, we own this turf. No, we own this turf. And there's just like a war. So it's it's basically a Romeo and Juliet-esque kind of story. So Tony is a jet or a former jet who's trying to make good of his life. And Maria is a very innocent Puerto Rican young woman who's kind of just coming forth into the dance scene. It's a dance musical. So the original movie and the original stage play had all of the fight scenes that like in dance. Yeah. So um, Steven Spielberg, that's one of the things he's changed is that he's actually had sort of real quite graphic violent fight oh, scenes. Oh, so they, do they do the bit where they tie their wrists together and they knife fight each other? Yeah. Heck well, yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. And what was very interesting is when I went to the premiere, it was basically just all theatre people, right? I could tell. Like old theatre people, new theatre theater people. Just like a lot of women just like loving hard on this very romantic kind of Romeo and Juliet-esque kind of story. Except that everyone was like visibly traumatized because this beautiful crowd was then watching these like really explicit violent scenes, which in the musical is all done in this beautiful dance sequence where it's all very non contact. Right, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I think everyone, like the girl next to me was losing her mind. Like she was dancing in all the dance scenes with her shoulders and then like crying and gasping and then just like looked like she'd been 
absolutely traumatized. She sounds like she's that. a fan. She sounds like she's a big <laughs> she fan. Was, uh, big she was singing along every word. Anyway, so that's something that he's changed. Something else that I really enjoyed that he's changed to this story is that they've kind of expanded the non-binary character that called anybody's. And in the original, they are sort of on the periphery of the Jets. Yeah, right. Right? And so Steven Spielberg has cast an, a non-binary actor in the role, which is yeah, right. fantastic, called Ira Minas. And initially in the, you know, in the original, they were sort of performed as a tomboy, but this has really moved away from that cis reading. And even though there was an original song called Kids Ain't that wasn't included in the musical, that dealt with more of the themes around um, around yeah. their identity. Yes. They still do a really good job of exploring anybody's view of themselves and the Jets struggle to accept them, but they also have kind of a redemption arc in a way in the story and right, it's just right. a more complex, nuanced um, role yes. that wasn't there before, which I think is really an excellent inclusion. So another really great thing I think that they changed is that Steven Spielberg was very aware that in the original, most of the Puerto Rican cast were played by white people. Yes, with uh, <laughs> some fake, some pretty heavy fake tan. Correct, going on exactly. There. Like Maria, for instance, was actually Russian. She really? Um, yeah, exactly. In the movie, so well, I saw a very white high school production. Oh yeah, Side Story once. <laughs> we did, and it was so bad. And it was just like teenage white teenage boys trying to do dance oh, my routines, God, I and it loved was just it. the best thing ever. And then also Maria, halfway through her voice stopped working, oh, yes. so they. She was changed sick. out the they switched character. the actor which to be fair incredible like the fill in amazing oh, how did were, how yeah. did she even do that i don't know but so good anyway so yes yeah, so they um have done a really good job of creating more of a backstory for the Puerto Rican um cast for the sharks and yeah. giving them more of a fully fleshed out storyline, I guess, and just world. I think yeah. he's done a really good, good job of building that world. He did things like included a lot more Puerto Rican language right, and right. didn't include subtitles. So in that way then oh, okay. I, he said he wanted to do that for the Latino community in particular yeah. to highlight that there is a whole other language and culture that is so ingrained in the American sense of, you know, identity yeah. and he wanted to really respect that. So I think that was quite a bold choice in some ways but also really excellent. Oh, I totally respect yeah, that. I yeah. also think like not always but a lot of the time you can get the gist of something. Oh, you completely you know? can. Yeah, and in this you really can and I think it actually they sort of change in and out of English and yeah. I think it's done really, really well. So the other thing he's done is fleshed out some more of the female characters, which is really interesting. In particular there's a beloved character of Doc who is um, kind of the guy who plays – you know, in Romeo and Juliet there's that like priest friar figure yeah. who's kind of the one that's like trying to – mediate the two and marries them. Yes. And this is um, – Doc was kind of that character in this show. So Tony right. goes to him for advice because obviously he's trying to marry Maria because they just like fall head over heels for each other but no one wants them to. And because it this is Romeo and Juliet Correct, really, exactly. <laughs> and so no one wants, you know, Maria to marry a white dude and he the Jets don't want Tony any, to have anything to do with the Puerto Ricans and then it creates like a huge fight scene at the end yep. of the film. Anyway, Doc is replaced by – by his widow, Valentina, who's Puerto Rican, and she's played by Rita Marino, who was actually the original Anita in the original film. Oh, really? Film. Okay. Yeah, so, and I'll go through the list of the other characters too. So 
Um, that's, real, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. exactly, because Anita is a massive character. I think most people know the main song, I want to go to America. Da, 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 da. Yeah, so America, and Anita sings that song. So yeah, that, And okay. she's this incredible dancer. And in this film, Anita is played by Ariana DeBose, mm. who is just an incredible triple threat, singer, actor, dancer, steals the show, like mm. just breathtaking. From she Rachel also- uh, Zegler. Even the lead, yeah, oh, I really hands like as well. down. Really, yeah, Rachel Zegler's great, but and my goodness, Ariana DeBose, her ability to dance is just oh, breathtaking okay. yep, yep, to watch. Yep, I get you. But also, her character is, is super sassy and super strong. She has a real thing about wanting to make a go of it in America, and the chemistry between her and Bernardo, who's played by David Al- Alvarez, mm. now is also really excellent. Now. Bernardo is Maria's brother and he also happens to be the leader of the Sharks. Oh, yes, I remember this. And he's like, Maria, you can't be marrying this guy. You, you, yeah. you, you're in Correct. the wrong community. Yeah, exactly. But I love Maria Anita's character because he wants to marry her but she wants to build up her own cloth and clothing empire and being a seamstress and hire more seamstresses. And that's what the Americans, American song is all about, really. Ah, okay. Yep, it's yep, about yep. her making a goal of it in America. Yep. Which I think is really interesting. Anyway, so, yeah, the original leader was played by Rita Marino mm. and Valentina is this new character um, who's Doc's widow and she just becomes this kind of wise, sage, funny character that people seek out and particularly looks after Tony and can see the good in him and sees that he's trying to better himself and take a step out of the life that he's been leading Mm. and that the Jets just want to pull him back in. Now, another guy that does a really great job is um, Mike Feist who plays Riff. Now, Riff is the leader of the Jets. Right. And he's Tony's best friend. He and Tony were leading the Jets and then Tony left. Oh, and he's jail. like, I remember this. And he's like, you can't believe you left me. Yeah, you, we were, correct. We were brothers exactly. and whatever. And he's always trying to pull Tony back into that world while Tony's trying to make something of himself. Yeah. Um, and he's just, he it kind of, the whole show kind of opens with him and he's just a brilliant actor and it's awesome. So mm. I just would really recommend it. There's a few other stories that they change as well. They adapt Tony's backstory a little bit. They soften the edges and make the whole thing a lot more um, politically correct, Right, I guess. okay, yeah, yeah. Um, In a good way? Look, I think so. I think it's copped a lot of criticism and I'm not quite sure. I thought it was like quite beloved. I thought, I mean, I know it hasn't done well, but I thought critically it was like people seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, look, I think so. I think online it seemed divided. I okay. think part of maybe maybe criticism is the wrong word. It hasn't done well in the box office. No. The 1961 one, for example, won like all these awards. I, I mean, I think Tony it's like, and, and look, things. I haven't seen it properly, obviously, but I think it's. Does anybody care about West Side Story? I hate to be like, <laughs> but like when you're getting like Hamilton, do you know what I mean? I know. Does anybody care about this like really? Uh, look, I think dated, I think the themes yeah. have aged well, but I think musically it's probably has not. I, I, again, I haven't seen it, but I yeah, don't. I can see what you mean. Mm. I mean, so the music is by Leonard Bernstein and then the lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. And I think if you're a diehard musical theatre fan, then you love the, and the arrangements in this and the cinematography in this and the dance sequences in this and the 
is just breathtaking and the complexity of the music in this, the difficulty of the songs is amazing. So it's it's kind of like watching a football game and enjoying it but then if you understand what it takes to get to the point where you can play that football game, totally. you enjoy yep. it at a whole different level. Yep. I gotcha. guess it's like you going to see Spider-Man. It's the same kind of thing. I haven't seen Spider-Man. <laughs> I, don't know I know but you know about. what I mean. It's, it's, it's you going to see a film where you understand Absolutely. how much yep. it takes you to get there. Yeah, is, totally. You know, oh, look, I'm not trying to take away from it. I'm just, but I, I'm yeah. just trying to think like why it hasn't. Done as well. Landed. And I think that's know? part of it. I also, I I think part of it obviously is, yeah, we have Hamilton and and that's fresher and newer because at the time in the 1960s, it was the Hamilton of the 1960s, you know, because it Absolutely, really showed yeah. New York and had a snapshot of what was really going on. I think something beautiful that I hadn't really heard before, a theme that really kind of stood out for me yeah. was this really kind of nuanced thing that I think it was Tony says about how Riff and the Jets, even though ostensibly it seems like their attacks on the Puerto Ricans are based in racism right. and they're, you know, angry that they're there and they're telling them to go home, it actually comes from a place of poverty and lack of stability and resources yes. because they didn't grow up with stable homes, whereas the Puerto Ricans may have come with, nothing but the clothes on their backs but they have so much rich culture and heritage and stable home lives and these family communities that are so interconnected and strong yeah and i think that's just a really interesting um observation about the immigrant experience and i think maybe talks into some of what's happening in america at the moment i think it's not just america but i think yeah when people are disenfranchised when people aren't getting paid properly when people don't have like social when their nets. families are broken yeah. down through drug addiction exactly when people don't know. you know don't have support then you you breed anger and resentment yeah, and which and, is completely understandable yeah and yeah. the easiest people to blame are the people that are different from you yeah all the people who maybe some disingenuous news <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, oh yeah exactly and that's a whole out. different thing now yeah. isn't it right because now we have this big sort of media machine that's churning yeah. out all of this fake news. But I still thought that was a really sharp observation to make that this character of Riff seems like he's just kicking out these, you know, Puerto Rican guys because he doesn't like the colour of their skin. Yeah. When actuality he may be jealous of what they have. Yeah. And there's a fear or that they're – worried about losing something yeah, else. And yeah. There's, and maybe because as well there's a level of skill and education that they don't have – even though they may not speak very good English at that point in time, they've got the potential to because, as we talked about before, Brene Brown did a study on this, that often key marker of success is actually having a stable, loving home. Totally. And that gives you more than, you know, a lot of wealth even necessarily because it, you know, it allows you. Both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know what I'm yeah, trying no, to say? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I just think, anyway, I thought that was interesting. I don't okay. know if anyone else So will. you would say go out and see it. Would you say wait? What would you say? I would say if you are a musical theatre fan, go and see it. I am it. a musical theatre fan. If you yeah. are not so into musicals, I, I would give this one a miss. Go and see James's Fighty Fight Fight one. <laughs> Just Fighty Fight Fight, <laughs> Like Claire. the cinematography is beautiful. Ansel Egot plays Tony and he plays. What a heart in Spider-Man. No way. I can't say anything. Okay. So spoilers anyway. I mean, look, I yeah. also think if you're a, you know, a big Steven Spielberg fan, this film is very close to his heart. He's, it was one of yeah. his dad's favourite films. Oh, was it? And he's dedicated the whole film to his father. Oh, so cool. I feel like 
there's a lot of reasons to go and see this movie. I think also to get a deeper understanding of the Puerto Rican culture from that time yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, because was Steven Spielberg's dad, was he Puerto Rican or did he hate Puerto Ricans? Which one was he? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, sure anyway, lovely. his yeah. dad died at like over 100. Did he really? Super early. Apparently this is the only Wait, film. Over, he was over 100. When he died. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apparently this is the only film that Steven Spielberg's father never actually came to set of because he was too elderly and he couldn't fly out from oh, L.A. No. So did he get to see it? No. Oh, boo. I know. He did see the shorts of it. He got sent images of it through on his iPad. Yeah. But he never actually got to the set and he died before it Oh, that was sucks. finished. I know, which is heartbreaking. Oh, well, he probably he got to see Jurassic Park, so that's pretty good. It's a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty good movie to see Jurassic Park. Uh, I guess. So he did go on the set of Schindler's List apparently. That's, so pretty, that's, that's a pretty, pretty good movie good too. too. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um, so, look, yeah, there's lots of reasons to see it. And I think going in thinking it's not going to be like Tick, Tick, Boom that I recommended last week is much yeah. more accessible I think in some ways because it's just fresher. The music is catchy for want of a better word. Like there are classic songs like Somewhere is just the most beautiful song sung yeah. by Valentina. Tonight is also a classic. America obviously is a classic. So there's some beautiful songs in there but a lot of the music is also a little more inaccessible in some yeah. ways. But then that's also a cultural thing, right, I think. And so depending, I think maybe, we, you know, it's a great film to go and see to broaden your cultural horizons. Well, I don't want that. I only <laughs> want to watch Spider-Man punch and, a yeah, lizard. And, and maybe that's, I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but I do think that there's some real joy to be had in, in this movie. Okay. Well, do you know what? I think there's some real joy to be had in reviewing a podcast. Uh, Jackson has, oh, but what if an ex wrote this review? Just, you can do it in app. Did you know that? It's as I easy didn't. as this. Do Jackson tell. said, uh, just do it. I'll admit after hearing about this podcast from James's most successful podcast multiple times, I didn't think much of it. That is until I heard Claire <laughs> on the, a quiet place, but more quiet and this time with water and found her absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Great podcast. Thank you for coming across Jackson. We get, we're going to have to get you back on as a guest, Claire, sometime soon. Yes, I know. Do you want to come on to talk about Spider-Man? I haven't seen it. You're not allowed to talk about Spider-Man. I'm not allowed this to talk about anything. This is a Mason and James to exclusive <laughs> podcast. Right. Are you done? I am. Have you got any email this week? <laughs> I do have email now. I have a few emails about the old suggestible and the city. Do we want to save, those? save yeah, those? Save for, those. Uh, yeah, and they're hilarious. Let me tell yeah, you, I was on laughing on. at the t- kitchen table, and you said. Stop laughing. I said, what are you laughing at over there? You <laughs> no, laughing at me? No joy in this old house. Are you making fun of me, I said? <laughs> Correct. Anyway, so instead I've got a lovely email from Wyatt Langle. Now, hey, folks, Wyatt Good. here from Alberta, Canada. Canada? Yeah, Canada. 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 Anyway, Canada. I wanted to share a recipe for an Albertan holiday treat, nuts and bolts, a salty and savoury combination of all your favourite crunchy snacks similar to a party I mix. know nuts and bolts. Do you? Yes. How please you? read it out. Well, I might right. know a different nuts and bolts. Let's find out. It seems like every family has a different recipe ah. because it's super easy to tweak to your liking. It is one of the most unhealthy things you can eat but hates the holidays and the diet always starts in Jan. Whoa. This recipe makes a large batch and it freezes very well. So in Wyatt's version, we have 20 cups of your favourite crunchy snack like pretzels, Cheetos, corn chips, mixed nuts, sesame crackers and Cheerios, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one cup of unsalted butter, Oh yeah. quarter of a cup of Worcestershire sauce. I love that stuff. One tablespoon each of seasoning salt, garlic salt, 
Celery salt and onion pepper. Celery salt? Onion powder. Yes, celery salt. I didn't know. I've never heard of the celery salt. What does that taste like? Uh, Nothing? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Delicious, probably. In a small saucepan, melt the butter, Worcestershire sauce and spices together until heated and fragrant, but not to the boil. Mix the assorted snacks in a large roasting pan, coat with the butter mixture, bake at 250 Fahrenheit for two hours, uncovered, tossing every 20 minutes, and then Freeze as well if you need to. You can also add other spices such as smoked paprika, dill, chili flakes, hot sauce, or anything your heart desires, really. I haven't thought about nuts and bolts in 40 years, <laughs> and I'm not 40 So yet. who makes nuts and bolts? Someone... My mum used to do it. Oh, I see. Like a pretzel kind of thing. Yeah, I think she might have even used like Nutri-Grain. <laughs> that oh, might, God. That I might have made. Well, it's kind of, I don't know, it was like a mixture of stuff. I can't really remember, to be honest. I'd have to ask yeah. her. Yeah. Man, I never had that. Yeah. That sounds gross. That one sounds better. Yeah, this one sounds <laughs> delicious. Thank you so much, Wyatt. If you too have a suggestion for us, my of brain a just snack. like you hit like a part of my brain that has I haven't used in a very long time. Then <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, you know which what does it for me? Devils on horseback. What is that? Oh mate, it's prunes wrapped in bacon. Oh, and okay. it's actually kind of delicious. That. No, I, I think I'd like that combination. You would. It's fruity and salty. We, we used to always have it with toothpicks in through it, and it would always be for my parents' parties, specifically my dad. And you can also um, you can eat it with a toothpick, can't you? You can swallow that whole. You can. You've it's had important. cream horns. Yes, yes, definitely incredible. Only because your mum always used to make them. Those people don't and know. I really enjoyed them. It's like a strip of pastry, probably about an inch wide, and you wrap it around so it becomes like a small cone, like a little ice cream cone, and then you bake it so it like puffs up. And then you just put jam and cream in it. And that's it. In that order. And and then you just do like a dusting of like icing sugar. Fucking in my, like incredible. Incredible. <laughs> the one that my dad always used to do, which I really love but sounds odd, is tinned lychee with oh, a no. macadamia nut inside, whipped cream on top and a little slice oh, of that's, strawberry. That's very good. Yeah. It no, is good, really isn't good. it? Yep. That was what my dad always used. Oh, it's going to make me cry. Mm. Yeah, every time we had a party or an event or anything. Anyway, my dad passed away seven years ago mm. and I miss him a lot. He also used to make really good punch. And then there was that time because he would cook in a fury. I've talked about this before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he cook, would cook like it was the end of the world. Like someone would steal his meal after the end he cooked, he'd finished it. And um, he made two pavlovas and then tripped over and they both got completely <laughs> <laughs> just fell on the floor. He spent so long making them. Oh, it's really funny yeah, and just awful. Those little things. Yeah. Anyway, miss my dad every day. And if you two have someone that you miss and Christmas makes it uh, especially hard, sending you a bit of love out there. Yeah. I'm not, just so you know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not thinking of you at all. I'm thinking of myself. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's not true. Christmas, can, Christmas can be tough, here. you know. It really can. Like it's, I know there's like, I love it for the glitz and all the lights and I love the sentimentality because that's me to a T. But it's also hard. And especially if you're going through stuff, it makes it harder around this time, depending on your family circumstances or friends or whatever. So if we're your friends in your ears, that's good. We're going to do our Christmas special. We'll drop it for you on Christmas. Are we? Is that that next week? Yeah. That's what we always do. We drop it on Christmas. uh, Well, that will be. Couple of days before Christmas. Oh yeah, on the twenty third. Didn't we last? Didn't we used to drop it on Christmas? I think day? it just depends on when Christmas is. Balls. All right. Well, we anyway. can we can delay it a couple of days if you want, but I think it's good to drop it a few days before so that people can like That's listen true. to it whenever they want leading up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Mason and I, for example, have done a diehard commentary over at BigSandwich.co. 
And uh, that's going to go up on Sunday there if people, you know, want to Are check into it out. that. Yeah. Cool. I can't wait. I've already been queuing up some of my Christmas specials. I stupidly, that year that we started this podcast, got all, I've just put chocked full that episode of all the things I love about Christmas. It's true. Not thinking that we would be doing it two years later. <laughs> I gotta think of some more horrendous things to recommend. Anyway, we've got to get out of here. We gotta get a very long episode today. All right, thank you so much as always to Rob Collins for editing this a week. Unless he episode. didn't, because he's doing Hawkeye. And then I'm not thanking you. Fair enough. No, I will. And I'll thank you every goddamn day. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm off to make nuts and bolts. Oh my god. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. 